Amen. Would you bow your heads, please? Amen. Close your eyes. Eternal God, our Heavenly Father, each of us here desires for you to bless us. God, each of us here desires for you to do for us those things, God, that we're unable to do for ourselves. And Lord, we want to say thank you in advance for what has been uttered from our hearts this morning. That God, you've already answered and you've already taken care of it. You're a good God. You're a faithful God. And Lord, we love you and we appreciate everything that you do for us on a daily basis. Father, now bless your vessel. That your vessel might be used by you. Oh Lord, keep me mindful that without you I can do nothing. But God, with you all things are possible. So Lord, I decrease in order that you might increase. Have your way in this earthen vessel. Use me as you've never used me before. I place all that I have in the offering plate of service today. This we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Let every heart say amen. Amen. My phone. There you go. Amen. Somebody say amen. Um, we go nowhere without our phones, not even uh, into the pulpit. Um, for my, my scripture, my Bible um, is on an app. Uh, on my phone um, and um, you ought not go anywhere without the word uh, amen amen um, Union Wesley we have a little word for you this morning uh, we're not going to belabor your patience long today um, but I do want to say we're grateful for our worship leader uh, Reverend Madison, amen, uh, who did a wonderful job getting us started today. Amen. The way she opened the service, um, I, I had a half a mind to let her preach. And, uh, or really, we could have opened the doors of the church and, uh, and went on home after the way that she got things started and and we thank God for all of our ministers that are participating in the worship service. Um, I heard the words of, the, of that prayer, Sister Agri. Amen. Um, because none of us that stand to preach ought to stand and say anything uh, that would be misconstrued as our words. But we want to know what thus says the Lord. Amen. What is God have for his people so we thank you for it and and then on last sunday didn't reverend king newsom preach y'all amen he made us he made us peacock proud amen on 
last Sunday and there'll be more preaching opportunities for the ministerial staff uh, of this great church. Amen. Um, Union Wesley, I want to call your attention back to just a few verses of scripture. I want to look again just at verses 29 and verse 30. Um, and 29 and 30, it says this, and as they departed from Jericho, a great crowd followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside. When they heard that Jesus passed by, listen to what they did, cried out saying, have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. I want to share with you this morning, Union Wesley, a simple thought. And the simple thought is, I'm his partner. Did you hear what I said? I'm his partner. Amen. I'm his partner. Amen. I'm, I'm his partner. Amen. Come on, let's go to work on this one. You and I as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are the physical presence of Jesus in the world. I said, you and I as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, you got to be a believer, all right? You and I as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ are the physical presence of Jesus in the world. You and I are the body of Christ. Therefore, we are the physical presence of Jesus in the world. If Jesus is, is to get things done on earth, he will use you and me to get it done. I got to say that again. Amen. If Jesus is to get things done on earth, he's going to use you and me to get it done. He uses our hands to do it. He uses our feet to go. He uses our mouth to say it. We are the physical presence of Jesus in the world. Again, we are the body of Christ is who we are. If the sick are to be visited, then you and I have got to do it. If the imprisoned are going to be visited, the Lord uses you and me. If the poor are going to have their needs met, their needs will be met by you and by me. If people are to be discipled, if people are to be transformed and made followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, then discipling is going to happen by you and by me. God works through human beings. God works through his disciples and his followers. You and I are the conduit through which the Holy Ghost or the Spirit of God flows through each and every one of us. Therefore, I say that we are in partnership with the Lord 
Jesus Christ. We are partners of Christ. We are collaborators with Christ. We are in cahoots with Christ. Somebody say amen. What we do, we do it for the Lord. And if Christ ain't in it, then guess what, Union Wesley? We ain't got no business being in it either because whatever we do, whenever we do it, we do it because Christ is in what we do. So hear me. One of the things that the Lord uses the church of Jesus Christ or believers in Christ to do, hear me Union Wesley, he uses us to love. One of the reasons we as believers in Christ exist, we exist to express God's love to others. I said we live, we exist to express God's love to others. When I talk about love, I'm not talking about eros, which is that erotic, sexual kind of love. I'm not talking about filio, which is that brotherly or sisterly kind of love. But when I mention the word love today, I'm talking about agape. Somebody say agape. I'm talking about agape love, which is that unconditional love. I'm talking about the love that has no restrictions. I'm talking about love that is a command. As believers in Christ, we are commanded by the Lord to love. We are ordered to love. Don't go to sleep this morning. We are directed and demanded to love. Love is not a choice, but love is a command. It's not a choice, but it is an order. And when the Lord gives an order, he expects those that belong to him to carry out the orders of the one who's in charge. 2nd John chapter 1 verse 6 says love means doing what God has commanded us he has commanded us to love one another Jesus put it this way in the gospel of John John 13 and 34 he said a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another again I say Union Wesley love is a command it's a demand it's an order and you and I don't have a choice in whether or not we choose to love but can I tell you something else love is about conduct it's a command but but love is about conduct love is about behavior Love is about a deed. Love is behavior 
And love is conduct. I know I'm right this morning. You only have to say amen right there. Just keep listening to me. There are some people you ain't feeling. Anybody know I'm right? Come on, listen. There's some people when it comes to love, you ain't feeling it. Yeah, I know I'm right. Listen, some of them on your job, you ain't feeling it. Some of them are in our family and you ain't feeling it. Let's be honest, some of them are in the church of Jesus Christ and you ain't feeling it. You ain't feeling them, but guess what? They ain't feeling you either. There's a difference between loving folk and liking people. The Lord didn't command us to like people. He commanded us to love people. And he mean love ain't a feeling. I know I'm right right here. Anybody married today and you've been married for a little while and you know that if love was a feeling, you don't feel like you love them every day of your life. So you know from relationship, love ain't about feeling because sometimes he looks at me and sometimes I look at her and I shake my head because I ain't feeling it. Love is not feeling but love is a command and love is about conduct conduct even when it comes to those that I ain't feeling everybody don't like you amen I don't care how many Facebook friends you got everybody doesn't like you and you don't like everybody amen so love is not feeling, love is conduct, love is a demand, and love is a command. We're commanded to love. We're ordered to love. Love is about conduct, and love is about deed. The Bible says, little children, let's not love in words or talk. But love in our deeds or in our actions. This is for people who talk love. But their actions don't back up the love that they talk. You say you love me, but, but you don't speak to me. You say you love me, but you talk about me behind my back. You say you love me, but you treat me like I'm your enemy. Hear me, we express our love in our deeds and in our conduct. And listen, that's how I know you don't love me. Because your actions and your deeds do not demonstrate what it is that you said out of your mouth. So hear me, let's, let's allow our conduct and our deeds to demonstrate to others that we love them. Not just in words, not just in talk, but in my conduct and in my behavior. You don't have to say man. Matthew 20 and 29, Jesus and his disciples have passed through Jericho. They are on what is called, for context, the Jericho Road. 
The Bible says that there is a great crowd of people that are on their way somewhere. I don't know where they're going, but they're going somewhere. There are two blind men that are sitting not on the road, but on the side of the road. The crowd is moving, but the two blind men aren't moving. They're not going anywhere. Other people are moving. Other people are progressing. But the two blind men aren't going anywhere. They will be in the same place tomorrow that they are in today or yesterday. Hear me, there's something called marginalize. Somebody say marginalize. In a book, you have words. And then you have margins that have no words. Nothing happens in the margins. That is how it is for some people. Ain't nothing happening for them. They're in the same place today that they were yesterday. The same place today. And listen, they'll be in the same place tomorrow. Marginalized people are deemed as unimportant. Marginalized people are deemed unnecessary, invisible, and they are seen as non-essential. It is in every society that you have marginalized people. And hear me, Union Wesley, in Washington, D.C., in this community, you have marginalized people. The problem is, folk rarely pay attention to the marginalized. You have the dropped out. That's people who have struggled. People who are struggling to make it and are thinking about giving up. Maybe they've given up on things getting better. Maybe they've given up on things changing. Maybe they have given up on hope. That's the dropped out. But then you have the left out. The left out are people uh, like disabled people. People that have mental health challenges. Hear me somebody, even the age or seniors sometimes are the left out. And hear me, you better be careful leaving people out. Because as sure as you just keep on living, if you leave seniors out today, you better know that one day you and I will be where they are and somebody is going to leave you out if you make up your mind to leave them out. You and I must be careful in how we handle and how we deal with marginalized and even the marginalized can be the locked out. Those that are incarcerated, those that are in prison, those who have paid their debt to society. They've spent their time behind bars. But they come out and go looking for employment. And they gotta check a little box that says, do you have any felonies? And all because they checked the box, they can't find a job. Again, that's, that's the locked out. In this text, these two blind men on the side of the road they are the marginalized. Everybody else is passing them by. Text says, these two blind men hear that Jesus is coming. 
The Bible said that they started shouting. Sometimes the only tool you got is to open up your mouth. Sometimes the only thing that you can do to change your situation is to open up your mouth and begin to holler and begin to shout. Sometimes shouting is the only way you can get people to listen to you. Sometimes shouting is the only way that you can get other folks' attention. The Bible says when they started shouting, the crowd told them to shut up and be quiet. It's easy to tell somebody to shut up when you're moving forward. It's easy to tell somebody to sit down and be quiet when you're going somewhere, but I ain't going nowhere. It's easy to tell somebody, sit here and be quiet, but you can see and I'm blind. Hear me, sometimes it's easy to tell people when we're not in the predicament or the dilemma that they find themselves in. Hear me, you can't let people make you be silent you can't let people make you muzzle your mouth it's easy to say shut up they don't need nothing they don't have a need that they're not able to supply but when you got a need that you can't meet for yourself hear me you better clear your throat you better start making some noise. You better start hollering to let somebody know that you have a need that you can't supply on your own. Listen, just because they don't have bills that they can't pay, just because they're not sick and they don't need to be healed, just because they don't have problems that they cannot solve, listen, you know what you need. You and I need to open up our mouths and declare to the Lord what it is that we need that only the Lord is able to supply. When you have a need, you got to open your mouth. You got to cry unto the Lord, the one who is able to meet every need that you and I might have. Again, when you have a need, you have to open your mouth. Somebody said that a closed mouth. Hey, hey, somebody heard me. A closed mouth don't get fed. That just means if you don't open your mouth, if you don't ask for it, then you ought not expect to get it. It's only when we open up our mouth. It's only when we ask, the Bible says, that we will receive. Anybody got a need today? Anybody got a need that you can't meet for yourself? Anybody, you're not ashamed to open up your mouth? You're not ashamed to ask God for help? When you have a need, again, you better make some noise. Union Wesley, I'm not ashamed to holler until I get it. I'm, I'm not ashamed to make some noise until the Lord answers. My prayer unto the Lord sends me what it is that I need that only he is able to provide. The text says the crowd told them to shut up. But the text says, it make you laugh reading the Bible. The text says, and they shouted the louder. 
The crowd said, be quiet. They said, let's turn up, let's turn up the volume. Frederick Douglass said to Abraham Lincoln, he said, power concedes nothing without a demand. Hear me, if you're going to get it, you got to demand it. If you want better, you got to demand it. If you want something, you got to get up off your rusty dusty and you got to go get it if you want it. It's time to start demanding some things. If you say that you want it, then let's demand it because it's only when we start demanding that things start happening. They told him to shut up and they cried all the louder. And the text says, the text says, Jesus heard them. They shouted, crowd said, shut up. They shouted the louder and the text says, when Jesus heard them, which means had they shut up, Jesus never would have heard them. Jesus is on his way to Jericho. He's about to enter Jerusalem so that he can be crucified. You hear me? That just simply means that this is the last time Jesus is coming this way. Jesus is not coming by Jericho anymore. And if they are going to access the blessing from the Lord, all they got is one more shot. All they've got is one more chance. And they say, listen, I'm going to holler until I get some attention so that I can get a fix to what my issue is. Let's stop allowing people to talk us out of shouting and opening up our mouths and telling the Lord what it is that we need him to provide. Let's stop listening to the wrong people. Let's stop allowing folk to block our, our blessings by listening to what they say. I say it all the time. They don't have a heaven or a hell to put us in. Can't nobody give us what only the Lord can do. Union Wesley, can I give you a couple of verbs this morning? I'm going to take my seat. Just a couple of verbs this morning. Just a couple. Look at Jesus' conduct or his deeds in this text. The text says, when he heard, which meant, catch the L, he listened. When he heard, which means, he listened. Jesus stopped to listen to some marginalized people. Jesus stopped to listen to some people that probably nobody else would have stopped for them and nobody else would listen to them. Proverbs 18 and 13 says, spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. In other words, stop giving your opinion before you have listened to what somebody has to say. Listen, do you got any cousins like that? They're always adding their two cents before they have taken time to listen to what it is you have to say. The Lord wants us to stop and to hear the distress of the people. If we want God to hear us when we are distressed, Jesus heard them because he stopped 
to listen to them. And then after he stopped to listen and catch the next hell, he stopped, listened, and he looked. Jesus stopped. And I believe that he stopped so that he could look at these two blind men eyeball to eyeball. He stopped and looked, gave his undivided attention to those that nobody else would have been bothered with. Union Wesley, do you know of all of the times Jesus stopped to look? Come on, do you know all of the times in the Bible that Jesus stopped to look? Union Wesley, do you know all of the times that Jesus stopped to look? Hear me, he stopped at a wedding in Canaan of Galilee. And when he stopped and they ran out of wine, the Bible says he turned water into wine. He stopped for a woman whose daughter had been vexed with demons. He stopped and allowed her to receive the crumbs that fell from the master's table. He stopped at a house in Capernaum. They lowered a man down that was paralyzed. He stopped and said your sins have been forgiven. He stopped for a woman who had been bleeding for 12 years. He stopped. She touched the hem of his garment and the Bible declares she was made whole. Jesus was dying on a cross between thieves on his right hand and his left hand. He stopped when a thief said, Lord, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. Union Wesley, he stopped dying so that he might save a dying man. He stopped so that he might bless somebody that need a blessing from the Lord. I'm done right here, Union Wesley, but I came by to tell you, if you call him, he'll stop. Did you hear what I said? If you call him, he'll stop. If he stopped for them, he'll stop for you. And I believe there's a witness in the house today. You cried unto the Lord and he stopped to see about you. The Lord stopped to take care of what it is that you were in need of. Won't he stop for you, Union Wesley? Oh, yes, he will. We serve a God that cares about us. I'm done, and if he cares about us, then we should care about each other. Then we should care about the marginalized. Amen. We are in partnership with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.